Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Mother She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, I'm so excited. I'm going to be talking with Vivika A. Witset. I'm just going to read her Twitter bio. She is a national and L.A. local board member for SAG and AFTRA, actor, comedian, audience warm-up, talk radio host, writer, cancer survivor, and brazen huzzy. (laughs) You know I gotta talk to her. We have a lot to talk about today. But before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, listener-funded, and woman-run. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup to see the variety of tiers offered, including the option to get two bonus What's Up episodes per week. Kind of like my online journal where I get a little more personal and talk about whatever is on my mind. There's also an ad-free tier with a much shorter intro. Just visit patreon.com dot com slash start me up now please enjoy my conversation with vivica a witset welcome to the show vivica hi kimberly it's actually vivica oh vivica now i i have to go re-record my intros (laughs) vivica but you can call me vi okay vi vivica okay there you go that's good to know i should have asked you but i just made that assumption and shame on me for that (laughs) no but you know what here's a funny it's Vivica Anjanetta Fox. I'm Vivica Anjanette. Oh, interesting. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Vi, Vi- okay, I'm just going to call you Vi. It's easier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> easier for my old lady brain. Okay. Now, be- first of all, I just want to tell everybody, you and I have known each other and have been following each other on Twitter for some time. We're both involved in DM groups and stuff like that. So, you know, I've been looking at you. I've been liking your tweets and... I thought, you know, and then I read your Twitter bio and you call yourself a brazen huzzy, among other things. But I'm like, I got to get this woman on my show. So I want you to just kind of tell people about yourself, familiarize yourself with my audience. Okay. Well, hello, audience. Um, <laughs> um, I'm Vivica Witset and I have, I have a varied life. It's insane, actually. Um, <laughs> Born in, born on the west coast, on the east coast, um, uh, to a great brazen hussy mother, <laughs> is, uh, who who definitely got me into politics and and unions, and she actually delivered Ohio to Obama in his first Whoa. presidential, and like she's no holds barred. Uh, amazing woman um and then i started uh, as a lobbyist in dc uh for the fcc so i always remained in broadcasting and television and then i moved out to la to pursue acting and then i fell in love with stand-up comedy i got up on stage made people laugh. i was like oh this is my this is where i'm supposed to be where i'm supposed to be mommy is home to uh, got pulled into uh, uh, SAG politics and union politics huh. by Amy, Aqu- Amy Aquino, huh. who is an amazing actor yes. and activist yeah. and and a really, really, really good friend. So actually, when I was going through my battle with cancer, homegirl was over here, wow. like, doing my laundry. My mom was like, oh. Amy Aquino is doing your laundry? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. That's wonderful. I mean, you know, not that you had cancer, so, but you know. So yeah, so I'm so I'm out here. I'm and then I've been in SAG politics for the last twenty wow. plus years, and 
been chair of our National uh, uh, Ethnic Employment Opportunities Committee um, for 10 plus years. So. Wow. so when you, what part of the East Coast were, did you begin your life? <laughs> D.C. That's so D. interesting. I split, I, well, we split our time, like city, D.C., uh-huh. and then both of my parents are from North Carolina. Oh, so okay. We, go to my, my as soon as school was over my mom was like okay we get in the car I'm dropping you off at your grandparents and, <laughs> and, and get, get yourself some some fresh air mm-hmm. and you're gonna be on a farm and call it a day yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow that's so interesting because I was born in Maryland and then my what? mother took me to Los Angeles in 1977 when I was nine and I lived there for a very long I think I lived there till 2009 with a little bit in between because when I was 12, I lived in Russia with my dad. Um, he worked wow. for ABC News. But most of my life, I was in Southern California. In t- 2009, I moved to Northern California. 2018, moved to D.C. I'm back in the D.C. area. Oh, so, oh, um, yeah. I have yeah. so many friends that are like, move back. Yes, move back, please. Because I, I need cool people here. <laughs> well, I'm I with, my, with my besties that, that are in D.C. that are like in government and entertainment. Wow. They are amazing. So you're going to have, honey, you're going to have sister girl. You're going to have sister girl. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, because, I mean, I was just complaining on my patrons only show how much I miss Los Angeles. And so, it, you know, there's so many things about Los Angeles that I just, I didn't necessarily, oh, I did appreciate a lot of it. But then, you know, you live there, you kind of get jaded and. I, I was a little jaded, and so I didn't necess- I didn't like L.A. proper. I still don't. But the Southern California thing, I mean, oh, my God, it's so gorgeous. It's just, like, gorgeous, and it's not yeah. humid. And, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to bitch about the East Coast here. So, okay, um, let's see. Now, this made me laugh. I was researching you, and I saw on your IMDb that you were in a film. You were in the film Escape from L.A., and you're credited as bitch gang leader. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God, I wish that was my, I want to have that title. <laughs> yes, girl, that was my name. And everybody on set was like, okay, uh, bring bitch gang leader to, and I was like, that's me. Where are we rolling? <laughs> that is so cool. Okay, so let me just go. Now you have, your your Wikipedia is crazy. You've just done so much. So, I mean, you already, you've already introduced yourself, but just going to go over a few things again. Actress, comedian, labor activist. You've appeared on several television shows, stand-up stages across the country. And as you said, you were elected the Screen Actors Guild National Board of Directors. Uh, currently serve as Los Angeles SAG board member. Um, let's see, you were named the national chair of the EEO committee, which is, what is that? What did you say that was? Yeah, it's the ethnic employment. So ethnic it's all about diversity. I, I've, um, on behalf of the U, on behalf of SAG, prior to merge, um, I spoke before the Black Congressional Congress um, wow. about diversity, both in front of and behind yeah. the camera. So with John Lewis, which was great. Wow. Yeah. That no, is it so was, cool. Um, wow. Listen, I will tell you, I'm like the Forrest Gump when it comes to. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Like I tempted at Geffen. I got the call that um, that Kurt Cobain that they found his body. Oh my God. Okay. So just like just weird. Like my friends will tell you, they're like, "Girl, you're like Forrest Gump." I was like, "I know." Crazy stuff. <laughs> like we were at Jerry's Deli at like three o'clock in the morning, and John Claude Van Damme comes up to me, uh, jumps up 
three times in front of me, kisses my hand, and then pays for our breakfast. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> that is so cool. So, like, if it – like it, it's like stuff like that happens to me all the time. All my girlfriends are like, for real. Like, what else is not going to happen? Like, That's so really? cool. Oh my God, Jerry's Deli. I miss Jerry's Deli. You remember? Oh I yeah, just, I have fond oh memories. <laughs> best turkey. They had the best Thanksgiving plate, man. <laughs> I, you know, I'll tell you a funny little story. This, I had a girlfriend. Uh, she was a strange woman. We were friends for about six years. She was also an actress, and she would do things that I wouldn't do. And so one night we were at Jerry's Deli, and, I, you know, I know you have, they have huge, tall menus, right? Right. So we're sitting there, and we're real close. It was me and my girlfriend, and then there were the two men sitting right next to us, and the tables were so close together, and they were, you know, trying to get our attention, and they're trying to flirt and everything. And so eventually he looks over, and, and he starts talking to us, and he says, you know, he goes to ask my girlfriend for her phone number. And so she's like, oh, sure. So he gets his pen and he gets his paper and everything's ready. And she goes, 976, no way. <laughs> and then she takes she takes the menu and puts it right like on the edge of our table, like a wall. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> crazy, crazy memories of Jerry's Deli. No, the Jerry's Deli was so much fun. I fucking love Jerry's Deli. And I miss it so much. Um, well, oh, go ahead. There's no more Jerry's. Oh, yeah, no, that sucks. Feelings were hurt. Oh hurt my god! And I did you ever go to the Derby? Not the Brown Derby, but the Derby. Yes. And it's gone now. It's like a it's bank. Gone. I used yeah. to go there all the time. I was there. My actually, my life when I lived in LA um, in my twenties and I was pursuing an acting career. The same girl. Um, we were friends, and Swingers the movie came out, and that is like. That was me. I went to all those parties. I went to the Dresden. I went to all those bars. I did the whole thing. It was like I was the girl version of swingers. And so it's kind of funny. I used to see Wait. Vince Vaughn all the time at the at the Derby. Did it was you, crazy. Did you ever go to Jumbo's Clown Room? I did not. I never even heard of that one. Where strippers go to die. Like, <laughs> like I went out with three friends three male friends and they were like have you so we went to the dresden uh -huh. he was like well have you ever been to jumbo's clown room and i'm like what are you talking about he was like that he's like there's a girl there's a stripper there that sets her ass on fire <gasps> i was like shut up i have to go yeah i'd want to go <laughs> went in girl when i tell you it's it was it's in a strip mall and and <laughs> little bitty uh, strip joint. As soon as you walk in, the stage is right there. This girl, the heavy metal was playing and this woman set her ass on fire. And I was like, okay, oh. I have seen it all. I am ready to go. I can die now. That's <laughs> oh my just God. Oh my God. That is <laughs> insane. That is the guy, one of the guys that I was with, when he, walk, when, when he walked in, it was like cheers. Everybody's like, oh, <laughs> oh dude, what? <laughs> oh my god that's so funny okay so are you active what are you doing now for a living uh, well I am I had to move segue over to doing voiceovers uh -huh. due to the pandemic and um right. and my health status I can't be out and about so I I'm missing the stage so mm -hmm. I was like okay what else can I do mm -hmm. oh I can do voiceovers from home right let's try that <laughs> <laughs> and how is that going? It's 
it's going. You just got to gear back up and you got to do yeah. It's a whole new genre. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That would be, I think that would be a fun thing to do. Is it fun to do that or is it like, is it difficult or, or irritating? Uh, no, it's, it's, it's interesting to do because I've been doing a lot more, not really creative, but a lot more technical for businesses, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. their training programs and stuff oh, okay. that have narration. So, because uh, otherwise people are going to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Like on some <laughs> of them, I, like I'll have fun. I'll try to do an impression of Joy Reid. <laughs> oh, can you? I want to hear when your she, impression of Joy Reid. When, <laughs> when she does her countdowns, uh -huh. it, it, it just, yeah, it just depends. Like I'm like, and another thing. <laughs> And then I'll get the feedback. They're like, yeah, uh, can you lose the joy? <laughs> I was like, you want a little fun. Or they'll give me crazy names. So I had one name about the, about, um, about uh, a SEC case. So the guy's name was an uh, Indian name. Uh -huh. And I had to pronounce his name. So I went to a, um, a-L-E-X-A, because if I say a homegirl going to speak up. Right. <laughs> and, and, her, and she was like, mm, I have no idea. So then I rolled over to Google, and Google, I was like, I was trying not to sound like a poop. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was like, Raj, I don't, I don't want, really want to say his name, but it's like, Raj, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. I like, Five times within that within one training cell, and I'm like, y'all, wow. can you give me the first name? Right. Or give me the last name? <laughs> so wow. So okay, now you've mentioned your cancer. Now, tell us about that. Uh, well, I went in. To, well, here's the thing. I'm 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 so like when I tell you, I'm so lucky. Mm -hmm. Like lucky. Like I had a lump in my groin, so I thought. So they thought it was a hernia. Mm -hmm. So right before it came time to do um, uh, re up your insurance, I was like, you know what? I have this surgery. Let me go HMO. Mm -hmm. I don't pay that twenty that twenty percent or yeah. whatever this. So I went in supposed to be you know in and out when I opened my eyes the doctor was like well we got it all I was like well damn <laughs> I was like and here I thought I'd be able to sue the, uh, the <laughs> go off and whatever I was like ah. <laughs> um, so that was on a Tuesday by Friday evening I got a call from my doctor and she was like yeah it's cancer oh my god I'm like okay I was like so what stage and she was like, "Well, you know, I can't really say." I was like, "You did a you you did a a a, a residency in you in cancer, so come on, give me yeah. your best guess." She was like, "Well, I think you're early too." Mm -hmm. I was like, "Okay." Mm -hmm. I was like, "So it's I don't have to look out for Whoopi saying you in danger, girl." <laughs> right. But we, and she just started laughing. She was like, "Okay, this you're the first patient I've ever had that made me laugh when I'm giving you bad news." Wow. I was like, you, I was like, you, I was like, a, you have to gear up. Mm -hmm. You have to look at everything glass half full, and I always try to find the funny in everything. Mm -hmm. So I gave myself that weekend to cry mm -hmm. and pity myself, and then it was like, you know what? Okay, let's gear up. Like mm -hmm. my my 
primary care doctor was amazing. Like she had me meeting with an oncologist on Fat Tuesday. She was mm-hmm. like, "We're getting, we're setting up all your tests, your MRI. We're doing it all." Mm-hmm. So, um, and then I was diagnosed with uh, B cell blast lymphoma, and what? And then, and then after a year of treatment. And girl, there's a fanny pack of chemo that I had to take home twice for 24 hmm. hours. That was crazy. Wow. Yeah, but got through that, got through a stem cell transplant, and they used my own stem cells, which wow. is pretty amazing. Yeah. And it had to reset my entire immune system. So I also had to, over the next year, re um, uh, get all of my childhood vaccinations. Hmm. Wow. So if you have a kid out there with y'all have babies and it's time for their polio mm-hmm. and there's three of those puppies, give them the extra tea, give them more sugar, give them <laughs> a cupcake, because that hurt worse than the COVID. Really? Wow. Yeah. That hurts worse than the COVID. Hmm. Wow. But no, and now I'm, and then I got just, I got released from the hospital in December 2019. And then by March, you're, COVID hit and I mm-hmm. was you know wow. I've been at home ever since now where are you are you in remission where it where are you in the cancer um yeah I so far knock on wood so good like my oncologist is like you'll, you'll probably won't have to see me so now I'm on the annual so I have mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. more visits till I reach that five-year mark mm-hmm. where they're like yes you're cancer free yeah but I celebrate I'm like is, has it come back no okay woo! <laughs> Yeah, my, my yeah, my dad was uh, he had a lump in his leg, and basically it was from it was cancerous, and it was very early when they found it, and they actually never did chemo on him, um, but it was because he was in Vietnam and exposed to Agent Orange, and so oh, wow. yeah, and so the doctor said uh, that the cancer that he had was very 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 aggressive and would also. or or I should say often travel to lungs. And my dad used to be a smoker. He quit a long time ago, but he said, you know, it could have easily happened where you got this cancer and didn't you, you didn't know it and it goes to your lungs. And then people just assume you had lung cancer because you were a smoker, but it really was because of this agent orange stuff. So I just thought that was interesting, but he's in remission too. And it's just amazing. I know Laura Packard is, um, She's with MSW Media. She does a show called Care Talk. She's been on my show. And oh. she just announced that she was cured of cancer. So it's, you know, it's uh, the cancer diagnosis is, is very scary. But, I mean, your attitude with it is, if it ever happens to me, I'm calling you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Call me because I will give you the, the, I will tell you the stuff that they don't tell you. Yeah. Okay. Um. The constipation will hmm. hurt your feelings. You feel like you're giving birth. And yeah. I have not given birth, but I can tell you, I gave birth to a shit nugget. <laughs> and that means 45 minutes of sweating. My cat walked, like, I was on all fours, like, okay, come on, move this bitch, this biscuit out. Like, what is going on? My cat walked by, looked at me, and just closed the bathroom door. She was like, girl, like, I can't even see this humiliation. Like, like what? And I didn't even name it. I just flushed. I was like, really? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I mean, holy oh. And that was the first week uh, after chemo. So after that, I stopped taking all of the anti-nausea uh, right. meds. 
because you have they give you like five different ones. Yeah. So you have to decide, okay, what side effects do I can I tolerate? Mm-hmm. Girl, I went full four twenty. Give me patches. Yeah. Those puppies work. Yeah. I'm gonna get plug to Mary Medicinals because they <laughs> want to save my life. Wow. That's good to yeah. know too. Yeah, a friend oh, yeah. of yeah, my friend Sherry Jacobus has had cancer and she has discovered <laughs> those yeah. edibles and what a difference they make, she said. I'm like tinctures, mints, gummies, mm-hmm. but what really cut the nausea was that um was that patch. Hmm. I taped that on my wrist. That that patch lasted me exactly 6 days and wow. 12 and I would wake up in the middle of the night when it stopped working, nauseous, mm-hmm. immediately put another patch on, and it totally worked. Now, it also cut, is, yeah, does, I like, does like, that have with, THC in it? Hmm? Does it have THC in that patch? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's equal. One-on-one. It's the strongest one they have. Do you feel and, high when you're on the patch? No. Wow. Not, well, here's the thing. Um, you're going through chemo, so you have really... <laughs> 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 you really have no idea if you hire or not because <laughs> right like because your eyesight is affected mm. your sugars are really affected um there's a whole there's a whole list like a lot of my friends like when I went into chemo I had a chemo crew so mm-hmm. at so I had like 5 to 10 people that would come with me and hang out with me during the whole time mm-hmm. that's good and they would yeah. circulate and and the staff at Cedars was like Okay, how come you didn't let us know that so and so was coming? I would have fixed my hair. I was like, okay, I don't know about it. Like, I, I set it out and folks show up. So if 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 if, uh, if 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 the famous actor shows up and y'all are looking like, why didn't you let us know? I, I didn't know. Okay, I didn't know. Like Morgan Fairchild showed up and they wow. were like, okay, how you know Morgan? And can I get a picture? <laughs> you know i just have to say it's such a delight talking to you i mean we're talking about cancer and you're making me laugh and you're just so full of positive energy and that's just amazing so i just want to point that out um like seriously you have like you have to look at everything i think you have to look at life as half full yeah but you can only do that so much before you actually hit a wall and i hit a wall Hmm. like being isolated for the last three and a half, four years, yeah, you hit a wall, and I, and it's sort of like I don't think a lot of people really talk about having PTSD when it comes to um, life changing health events. Mm-hmm. So you get through the event, and you're like, okay, yay, I'm alive. <laughs> like, what happened? What's going on? And and the more you and especially because of the pandemic yeah. you really don't process the the severity of what you just accomplished and what hmm. you went through mm-hmm. so i think a lot of people and especially a lot of people that are now suffering from long covid mm-hmm. they're having that same thing because now it's like okay so this is my new normal right like what's going on so it's also a matter of accepting your new normal mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah with grace wow. but sometimes honey you just want to uh, mm-hmm. you just want to just be like what <laughs> well what so now how do you deal with obviously you have to basically isolate so 
what what is a normal kind of day week like for you? Uh, wake up either in my bed or on the couch because the couch is like you're on vacay. <laughs> 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 I'm like, okay, I'm gonna vacay it. I'll run out. <laughs> yeah, back. I have my cat Gabby, so Aww. she sits and and like hangs out with me. And actually, she was told my total care taker support animal. Yeah, she would sleep on the edge of my bed mm-hmm. so that if I had to get up in the middle of the night, she would get up first and make sure that I was steady. Oh, so even leave in front of like like she like she would stay yeah. right at feet waiting for me to walk That's and so then she go walk and then she walk in front of me and then it's like are you going to the bathroom or are you going to the kitchen mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I got you out of the way <laughs> That's so really yeah sweet. she's pretty yeah she's pretty amazing my mom had to come out I had a couple family members come out and and like take care of me after I had my um, stem cell mm-hmm. and my mom like not a cat person neither was her sister my aunt they were like mm. but now they're like okay we love cats <laughs> <laughs> that always happens like, she up at and I had to you know and I and she wanted me to open a can I was like you can make her wait like she, <laughs> have to get up at like she was running the house yeah <laughs> that's cute <laughs> she was running the house so I highly recommend getting yourself a pet yes it, I haven't, my cat died in 2020 and she was older and, um, you know, I, I think how old was she? She was like 16 and a half, I think. And yeah, um, my boyfriend and I got together in 2015. We all moved in together in 2016. So she fell in love with him and then he fell in love with her. So, you know, we had this cat together and it was a nice little family. And then she died in 2020. And right now where we live, there's no place to put a litter box. And at the time we, you know, she was fairly easy to deal with. But like the, I want to get two cats the next time we get cats because I want them to have friends. And it's like, I don't know where to put the litter box. So I haven't had a cat now since 2020. I grew up with cats. I've had animals my whole life. And it's been weird to not have animals. Yeah. Well, what about, why don't you contact, because I I was trying to contact the Westchester uh, Animal Shelter up in New York, because Mm -hmm. I'm breed specific. I Mm -hmm. love Abyssinians, because they're like dogs. Yeah, they're so beautiful. They are not Patty Cathy, so you know, making a noise. Okay, what's up? What's wrong? What's up? Yeah. um, And very loving. Yeah. Oh, but they found like 150 Abyssinians oh. that were being abused um, in this cattery in Westchester. So they need to find homes. Oh. I say them. You might be able to have two. That's yeah, that's a good idea. I'm and 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 I don't, you know, I we're not sure what's going to happen with our living situation. We 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 don't know if we're going to move, and if we do, it, it'll be in the next couple months. So yeah, we'll see what happens because I want to have animals. Oh, I say you should move back out to Cali because yeah, there's a too, bungalow no. that's available right now. <laughs> I wish. It's just his parents and my parents are here. So, you know, we have older parents now and we just want to be yeah. near them. And that's kind of the deal. Um, okay. So back to you. What What is your daily, like, how do you deal with having, you know, been through what you've been through and now there's COVID. So how do you keep yourself safe? What's your regular kind of like week like? I 
when I tell you, okay, I wake up, depending on where I need to go, mm-hmm. <laughs> living room, kitchen, like my whole world is my bungalow. If yeah. I have people over, they all test. All mm-hmm. my friends know they got a test. They got to have a ne- negative test. My doc was like, you can't have no more than three people inside your house and mm-hmm. they all have to be tested. So I'm like, okay, no mm-hmm. worries. Um, and then like, I'll go for walks. I'll, I'll usually walk like maybe two to five miles mm-hmm. every other day just to get out. But my world is right here. Yeah. And that's something like I'm looking for a therapist and group. And I think I also want to do group therapy mm-hmm. so that I can hear other people, what other people are going through yeah. and what they're, and then maybe they have a suggestion for me and maybe mm-hmm. I can look at something for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just to make it more two way. And then, um, yeah, so I've been, look, I've been on the search for a good therapist and a good group therapy. Wow. Well, you know, and I mean, I haven't been, um, I still am very cautious. I don't have any issues, medical issues that I have to be careful about. But the thing that scares me is I don't want to get COVID multiple times just because we don't know what the long-term effects are going to be. And of course, I don't want long COVID. But, you know, a lot of people in my family have had COVID and they don't have long COVID. But it's like, what's going to happen in five years? What's going to, especially if you get it more than once. So I've been doing, you know, I'm already a solitary person to begin with. And living on the East Coast, I'm not a big fan of the summer, so it's hard for me even to just justify going outside in the summer. Well, and- yeah, because <laughs> especially when them cicadas come. Yes, that, that's like, so loud. That's like feelings the whole time. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's like I, I'm not in your shoes, but I kind of understand, you know, having your whole world in your home for the most part. That's what I'm all about, and, and it's it sucks. It sucks because everything has changed because of the stupid – it's the virus and then how we behaved with the virus, which ugh, right. I'm just so tired of it. Well, I'm no, just so tired of it. Cheetah, because yes. had he buckled down and locked everything down, yeah. we would have been, we would not be where we are no, today. I no, think. we wouldn't. And, if, I, and I if, yeah, if he didn't play into the politics and make yeah. vaccines. Now, granted, I mean, we know it was in 2014, the Russians were... Um, in on this anti-vax it was it was pro nra anti-vaccine and they were you know utilizing cyber warfare playing both sides of those issue issues and so specifically though with the vax you know i mean yes we already had um thank you jenny mccarthy we already had people freaking out about vaccines before but trump made it even worse so now all these people won't even get vaccinated and it's like, oh, my God. And then, you know, you've got these red states where the deaths are higher um, with people, you know, who are just choosing to believe Fox or that it's a hoax or whatever they want to believe. And they're not getting vaccinated and they're all dying. And it's like, wow. I mean, I just I don't even know what to make of that. But that's what they're choosing. So, hey, do what you got to do. But you know what? I got to take a quick break, but we'll be back after this message. Hey, this is Kimberly. If you're not already my patron, just visit patreon.com slash start me up. You can take a look at all the tiers and decide how you want to support the show. Thank you so much. Okay, we are back. Now, I want to ask you this because you're tall and I'm tall. And it's so funny because, I mean, here you are. You're from the East Coast, which I just found out. And then you moved to Southern California. And so did I. And you're an actress. So was I. And you're tall. So was I. So I had very specific experiences as being like a tall blonde, but my thing was is, okay, yeah, tall blondes are a dime a dozen, whatever, but I'm six feet tall and I have 
large bones, for real large bones. So as skinny as I could ever be, I could never be skinny like, and you know, I wasn't, I, I'm 54 now. Um, so this was back in the 90s when I was pursuing an acting career. You know, you had women that were a size zero. I could never be a size zero, no matter what. And it was always a struggle for me because not only was I taller and bigger than everybody else, including the men, I was also struggling with, at times, mild to moderate acne. So there was that issue. Um, and it, it really did some damage. Well, it was my own psyche that allowed it, but I, I, I always suffered from body hatred, major body image problems, and because I was taller, it just, it was like, I just felt, I don't know what the word is. I mean, big, like an outcast. So I'm wondering what it was like for you. And on top of it, you know, you have brown skin. So what has your experience in Hollywood been like? Well, I will tell you being tall, I'm tall and thin and I have like a 48, well, I guess it's now 40 and a half inch inseam. So I'm all mm -hmm. arms and legs. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the auditioning process when I first got out here was a pain because as soon as I walked in, they're like, damn, you're, you're, you're t we're taller than the average guy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. out here. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a problem. And, you know, being a woman of color, mm -hmm. add that to it because, you know, that, that was another, yes. that was another reason why I, why I joined the union and got into union politics because it was, you know, you look at the breakdowns and instead mm -hmm. of going for an actor, it would be Caucasian, 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 mm -hmm. Caucasian, mm -hmm. maybe AA, Caucasian, Caucasian, you know what I mean? Right. So the, the opportunities weren't really there. Yeah. Which is why I ended up, um, you know, like like one of the things that actors do to make money, you do the game shows. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let me tell you, I've gotten I've gotten put into a giant gerbil cage and thrown <laughs> out of a canyon. Y'all can look it up. <laughs> You can oh look God, it up on YouTube, so baby. Yeah, 101 ways to leave a game show. Yeah. Triple <laughs> game. I'm like, the things I do for money. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. what Did you ever experience the casting couch situation? Um, I have. I have, but I turned it around and made it funny because I was like am I being punk is Ashton Kutcher around here okay really I gotta go yeah wow now did somebody pull their dick it. out did some guy pull his dick out on you girl <laughs> and I was like no wonder you're begging Betty. Oh begging my Betty because cool, like for real. Wow, <laughs> I never had that anything. Nothing like that ever happened to me. Really? I mean, even in corporate, like I was in, I was called like when I worked for um, this big home building company, probably the third largest in the states, mm -hmm. and there president and ceo was no was a known dog like anytime mm -hmm. they hired any woman 
um, that was just anyone that was even remotely attractive, they would they would give you the warning that right. he would probably try something. Mm-hmm. I was wow. like, then why are you warning us? Why don't <laughs> I <you> know. <laughs> Warn him. <laughs> because I'm telling you, he has, there were settlements all over the place. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because he brought me into his office and he was like, yeah, sat on the edge of his desk and was like, so how fast is your dictation? Mm. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, you know, I had I had an audition. Okay. I, I wish I could remember this guy's name. I later found out that he did this to everyone, but at the time I didn't know. And it was just some like B or even C movie guy. Uh, oh God, his name might come to me in a minute, but I can't remember it right now. I was 24 and I was like 1993. I was working in Glendale at the Broadway at the time, which is now Macy's. And this woman approached me and she was like, oh, you're so beautiful. You should be an actress, blah, 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 blah. And gives me this card. And then a few, like, I don't know, an hour later, this man approaches me and he's like, oh, you're, you know, so attractive and you should be an actress. And it was the man that she gave me the card to. So I guess she, they were out in the mall scouting women. So, uh, yeah, so I go to his, like, he invites me to his office, and I go to his office, and so we sit there for, like, I don't know, 40 minutes, and I'm very young, you know, I'm just all green and everything, and very eager to get work, and so he says, uh, you know, he's asking me questions, and he's telling me how impressive I am, and then, so he gives me some copy, and it is this, like, two or three page scene where, and we're alone in his office. So in the scene, the woman gets on, straddles the man and gives him a lap dance. And I'm thinking, I'm not giving him a lap dance. I'm just not going to do it. And it, okay. it, it, it would have been one thing if it, it just didn't seem like it was appropriate. And I, I don't know how, I just had that in mind. I was like, this is not appropriate. So I chose not to. And I, I said the words and I kind of motioned a little bit, but I didn't touch him. And oh my God, afterward, all I got was how disappointed he was in me. And it was just like, <laughs> whatever. So that I think that was really the worst thing that ever happened because he didn't touch me. He didn't say anything. And I, you know, I didn't get very far in my acting career. I was fortunate enough to be on Days of Our Lives and I played a cop basically for seven years, but it was a small role. But I didn't, you know, I just didn't get a lot of work. So I didn't even get that many right. auditions. So I yeah. All right, honestly. I think exactly. And when, uh, what's her name from Game of Thrones? Like, she's a six footer, too. Okay. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Who played Brienne? Okay. I didn't watch it, but. Yeah. She's a blonde six footer, and now she, and girlfriend is working like cray cray. I'm yeah. like, okay. Yeah. You've opened. Because she, cause she <laughs> even says, too, she had the hardest time trying to find mm-hmm. roles. Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, I was like, when I worked on Days of Our Lives, I was, you know, I mean, this is a soap opera. So it's like these people were tiny. And the men on the show, there were only a few men that were at least my height. I was just bigger than everyone else. And it was so difficult for me because I just, I unfortunately, I put all of my value in my physical appearance. And therefore, I came up short (laughs) No pun. It's not really a pun, but you know, I mean, I just, I I was tall and came up short and I, I just took it out on myself and I developed an eating disorder. Thankfully it was never anything overly serious. And I, I, I stopped doing unhealthy things when I was still in my twenties, but you know, it, it was a difficult time. I had a lot of fun as an actor. I had a lot of fun, um, in that industry, but eventually I just, it was so funny because the reason I left was I, 
I had an audition for in my acting studio with, with the NYPD blue guy, and I had just started birth control, so I had gained like 15 pounds in like a week, mm-hmm. and I just didn't do a very good job, and I could I could feel it. You know, I was off. Right. I didn't do good, and so his critique about me was that I was a soap actress, which pissed me off because it was on my resume. I was not a soap actor. I didn't act like a soap actress, but that's right. what he saw, and he pegged me as a soap actress, so whatever. And so I decided I'm going to leave my acting studio and then I'm just going to get back into it later. And I, I never did, but well, I kind of did. I went and I took this one acting class and I was how old? Like 30, I think I was like 31 years old. And so we did this thing in acting class, you know, where you look at each other and you mimic the other person's movement. So this person who was guiding the class bends over and starts swinging back and forth. And when I was still bent over and I'm swinging back and forth and I hear in my back. And then my back went out on me. And then ever since then, my back has given me problems. But I was just like, you know what? I I went on a few auditions after that, and it was all bullshit. And I was like, I'm done. I'm sick and tired of this shit. I don't want it anymore. So I left because I just didn't feel like dealing with it anymore. And, you know, I don't have any regrets. I had a lot of fun. But, you know, I mean, like some people leave because they feel all resentful i never felt resentful i just felt like i don't want to deal with the shit anymore plus but you know, you go ahead. now that you're in dc dc's got a great market yeah i know but i don't want to be an actor anymore i like doing this i like i like sitting you know what it's so cool because here now that we're talking this is what i love about being a podcaster it's like now i've met you now i totally like you and i feel like we i've just made a new friend and that's like yeah. it's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I have I've been in I, I've been with another friend of mine developing a podcast because he was like we need to do a podcast. I was like of course. I was like we can kiki and bring in <laughs> other people to kiki and talk about important issues. But then let's really do the kiki. Yeah. So we've been, but now like we've been trying to. Uh, make make the time to get it done because he's a re- he's he's a regular on a series and I'm mm. like it's going you you let me know because mm-hmm. I'm here yeah right <laughs> you the one waking up at three in the morning having to be on set yeah. like, so <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that has to happen, and I I, I look forward to uh, you having a podcast, um, and I look forward to having you on my podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're so cute. I just love you, and you're. Just, I love the way you look. You're so. I told my mom today. I'm like, hey, I'm interviewing this woman. I'm like, oh my god, she's so beautiful. She's so exotic looking. It's like your pictures. Sometimes when you're, and I know I'm totally kissing your ass and everything, but I mean it. So I'm just saying that. But it's like you you'll know what I. And even if you didn't mean it, I take it. Because- because, because you're one of the few people I've spoken to today. So it's like, yeah, buddy, I will take it. But it's, God, your birthday picture. You put up a picture the other day. I was like, oh, my God, you, you should be on the cover of Vogue. I mean, you look amazing. So just you look I, wonderful. I, I'm putting it out in the universe. I want a cosmetic campaign. That's all I there want. There you go. And you deserve it. Because, listen, my brows grow back. So I went to Anastasia. <laughs> and she was like, thank God your, your brows grew back. I was like, girl, who you telling? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, okay, I want to ask a couple questions um, as we get to the end of this show. I just want to ask you a couple of questions that are, like, a little bit more political. Um, okay. But I do want to ask... Okay, because I have a couple of friends who are black women, and they're not, they're not like that, you know, they're not online, and they're not like what we're doing, and, and, and you know, um, influencers and stuff. They're just regular women doing their thing. And so 
obviously we've watched the rise of white supremacy. And then I talked to them about it and I'm like, aren't you freaking out? Doesn't this, bo-? and they're like, eh, <laughs> and they're like, we're used to it. And so I'm just wondering, you know, in fact, one of my friends, it, you know, I've asked her about it and she says, well, you know, I just, I have faith in democracy. I have faith in this country. It's funny because it's like, I mean, she's paying attention. She's not an influencer or anything, but she's totally paying attention. She knows what's going on. Um, and while I know she's clearly, you know, I, I would say somewhat disturbed over the behavior of Republicans, um, the rise of white supremacy, at least from the conversations that I've had with her, she doesn't have the same kind of, I don't know what word I would use, I, fear or whatever that I, it, like, I can see. There's an urgency, yeah, urgency, fear. And I, I, of course I know this country has been racist and there have been white supremacists, but, um, you know, with Trump coming into the picture, he made these people more bold, you know, emboldened and brazen, and they're saying all the stuff out loud, which scares me because I feel like this is this is the way Nazi der- Germany went. You know, it didn't start off with ovens. It There was a process to it. And so I'm just wondering, what is your take on it? How do you feel about well, it? I mean, if we are talking about the the craziness that is happening right now um hitler stated he got all of his ideas from america wow and like and during slavery he's mm-hmm. like uh yeah i got my ideas from that you want to talk about torture i got it mm-hmm. you want to talk about burning people they did it first mm-hmm. you want to talk about maiming people they did it first mm-hmm. want to talk about exterminating they did it first mm-hmm. so you know yeah true. true you know and it's not like they ever went away no it's just that more white people are actually discovering and opening their eyes to the fact that oh mm-hmm. damn and these are my people yeah but, you know what i mean so i think the more white white people and white women come on y'all oh my god girl, <laughs> oh, no. you just talk to your people gather them up I know. Gather the women up. OMG. Like, I, I, I personally, I don't, under, I don't understand. I don't the Voting mentality, voting against who you are or mm-hmm. your your best interest. Voting against having protections for mm-hmm. your daughter, like, yeah. and yourself, depending mm-hmm. on childbearing age. Like, I don't get it. And to quote Tupac, he was so right when he said, "We're going, we're going to have, uh, we're we're going to have a race of babies that hate the ladies that mm-hmm. make the babies." Mm-hmm. So now we have a whole generation mm-hmm. of young men in, that are turned into incels mm-hmm. that hate women. Yep, yep, and that's I was so like, true. Hey, y'all, I'll go back because I I went into a head first YouTube uh, uh, Vice TV. Um, uh, deep dive into Tupac, I, and I knew him back in the day. Like wow. I was like, oh yeah, I was at that party. Oh yeah, I was. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I totally remember that. I was there. <laughs> but go back and listen to his um, all of his songs. Like brilliant, hmm. and everything that he said is still happening today. Yeah, where you're like, damn, damn. Now, do you see, do you feel like it's, how do you feel this is going? Like, I mean, are you fearing that it's going to get worse? Do you think we're going to be able to keep it from getting worse? 
I think we're going to be able to keep it from getting worse because, A, you know, black women going to be here. Yeah. We're saving the world. Yes, you are. You, you know? are. And, and as long as, let me tell you, as long as there's a breath in my body, I'm going to speak out. Yeah. Now, as now as a woman of color, I will tell you, I don't get in my car without having my uh, my cam my camera on. Yeah, I don't blame you. That that, puppy that's so is upsetting. There always, and I've been pulled over too. Like I like I had just come from uh, the SAG Awards, and I had a couple people in my car, and I and we were at a stoplight, and I was making a left, and I was like, and I saw this cop, and I was like, <sighs> this cop's gonna pull us over, and mm -hmm. they were like, what are you talking about? I was like, trust me. I saw the look. I saw the look in his eye. Mm -hmm. Light turns green. I make my left hand turn. Sure enough, pulls us over. And I was like, I'm gonna let y'all know because because they were. Uh, I had two white friends in the car, and I was like, this is this is uh, uh, driving while black, so y'all yes. gonna get this experience. And they turned around. They were like, Why is he gripping his gun? I was <gasps> like, What I tell you? And then he comes up and he's like, and then once he notices there were two other people in the car, right. he was like, oh, uh, did you know that you were speeding? I was like, motherfucker, how am I speeding? Oops, excuse me. I was like, how am I speeding? <laughs> how am I speeding when I just made a left from a, a red? Yeah. Like, from a light. Like, right. what? What else you got? Oh, well, your rear light is out. Really? Let me get out the car. Why don't you mm -hmm, show me? Mm -hmm. No, you can't get out the car. I was like, okay. Mm -hmm whatever i mm -hmm. mean stuff like that happens but and then my friends were is. like i i've heard of this but i've never experienced i was like welcome to my world boo -boo. Mm -hmm. welcome to my world <laughs> yeah and i just i just have to throw this out there because it pisses me off my experience has been exactly the opposite i mean with the exception of when i got pulled over by a female she was white uh, a female cop she was different you know she treated me like I was a criminal um wouldn't let me get out of the car and it was I don't remember what I did I pulled over in a Whole Foods parking lot and I asked if I could get out because I was going to go shopping anyway and she treated me like I was a criminal but okay so one time I was all dressed for work and I was all pretty in my cute little earrings and high heels and all that and so I'm driving through Beverly Hills literally breaking every law I was speeding there were kids playing I mean I wasn't speeding like I, maybe it was like a 35 mile an hour and I was going 45, but I was still speeding. I wasn't stopping at the stop signs properly. I did everything illegal. And this very hot uh, cop pulls me over. I mean, he was very cute. He pulls me over and um, I just smiled. You know, I wanted to get out of the ticket and I'm like, oops. And, and so he was like, you know, you were speeding and this is a residential and there were children and you weren't stopping the stop signs. And he was just going down the list of all the laws that I was breaking. And then he looks at me and he goes, well, you know what? It's my birthday and I'm going to give you a gift. And he lets me go. And wow. yeah. And then there was another time when um, during the L.A. riots, you know, the Rodney King situation, I was in Glendale. And I was driving home again. I was very young, like in my 20s. And I'm driving home and this cop sees me and I see him see me and he's a white cop. And so he follows me. And I, of course, I'm nervous because I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, he's going to pull me over. And he never pulled me over. He just followed me to make sure that I got home safely. I know that. I mean, he didn't tell me, but, you know, I pulled into the to where I lived and he just drove off. But he made he followed every. So it's like he saw this lone white woman oh I need to protect her and I mean there's just story after story of being pulled over and 
you know, yes, I've gotten tickets in my life, but I've never had that fear. And it's like, I see people when I've posted on, say, you know, social media, and I, I talk about white privilege, and then, you know, maybe a poor person comes, a poor white man comes on, and he's like, well, my life has been so hard. And it's like, oh, my God. And I try, you know, I, I've tried to post articles that explain it better than I could. But it's, of course, I have white pr privilege. Of course, I do. And, you know, when you're an attractive person, it helps. So being an attractive, I mean, I, I'm not a white man, an attractive, wealthy white man, like, that's it. That's the, you don't get any easier than that. But, um, you know, it's like, there's just grades of privilege. And so, yeah. but I'm, I'm pretty high up there on that scale. And I, and I don't deserve it. Nobody deserves it. And it pisses me off. Anyway, I just, I'll get you off know, my. <laughs> every, here's the thing. Everybody deserves it. Well, that's true. That's true. That's, You're right. Problem. Everybody deserves that privilege. Yes. It shouldn't even be a privilege. It should just be the be. normal. Yeah. It should just be. Yeah. And that's where we need to graduate from. Yeah. That's where we need this new generation. Apparently, this the uh, is it Generation Z. X Z Z yeah. Gen Z. Yeah. It, yeah, there's not going to be enough of them. Right. <laughs> yeah. By the time they get to our age, there's not going to be enough of them. <laughs> do you to carry on? No. Do Do you think Do you think what's happening now is is kind of going to, you know, like sometimes it takes something awful to happen for something good to happen. Do you think the awfulness that's happening now is eventually going to lead into something good, or do you just not know? Well, it depends on the next election. Yeah. It depends on, we have to, A, we got to clear out the DOJ. We have to clear mm -hmm. out uh, the Secret Service. Mm -hmm. When your president doesn't trust his agents that are assigned to him. Yeah. Because, see, I think Major knew that's why Major was biting them up, the mofos, because yeah. it was like, nah, you not here for yeah. my man. Right. You here for the orange, because <laughs> I can taste the Cheeto on you. You know? <laughs> and he was like, and it was stale. Major was like, it was stale. I yeah. don't need to go. I don't need to go to training. I've been trained. I can sniff out, you know, white supremacy. Yeah. yeah. Let me let, let me let daddy know. So <laughs> You know, and then we got to clear out the Supreme Court. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. You know, like a whole, like, yeah, that's what the priorities need to be. But the next priority is what I'm hoping Biden will do, which is sign the, the John yes. Lewis Voting yes. Act. That needs to come up. He just needs to sign that into law and call it a day. Yeah. And then we can get into proper representation instead mm -hmm. of these faux chicken hawks that mm -hmm. are running around here like mtg that dumb mm. idiot oh my god talking about sedition i was like all right yeah well why don't we sedate your ass back <laughs> down wherever the hell you from okay how about that how about that how about that? <laughs> well, I, I mean, the idea of sedition is ridiculous because a Democratic president is never going to allow it. And then even a Republican president, because then, they, you know, it's like I was talking to my boyfriend last night. And at first, his take on this was like, oh, well, Trump would just, you know, he would let them secede and then he would just basically help them out. And he's like, wait a minute. No, he wouldn't, because then he wouldn't be their president and he needs to be their president. So. No, no one is going to let. I mean, I don't know what, what DeSantis would do if he were president, 
But I mean, it's just it's so dumb that they're talking about this. It's so fucking stupid because I mean, if that if they could do it, if they could do it, then how are they going to pay for shit? Where are they going to get food? Where are they going to get the stuff that they need? I mean, I know that they might be able to, you know, get some of their own money, create some of their own money. There's just no way to do it. So right. it, it's it's so dumb and it's just it's making it worse. And, it you know, we've got this mass delusion with with Fox News propaganda, right wing extremism. And I mean, I hope I'm hopeful. So the last question that I'll ask you and I'm just going to say you're coming back because, we, of course, we did not get to everything that I had. But um, <laughs> um, what do you see that's hopeful right now? What are you feeling good about as we head into the 24 election? Mm. I mean, we're not well, heading into it, but you know I, what I mean? It's always no, the election you know cycle. I'm actually, I'm hopeful that Schiff will get the California Senate seat. Mm-hmm. I love Porter, but I'm like, girl, you need to stick to your whiteboard and stick where <laughs> you are. Uh, come on now and do the support because mm-hmm. I understand. Because I, like, I love what Katie does and when she and, and when she whips everybody into play. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much is a gallon of milk? Yeah. Because I. <laughs> but yeah, she need she needs to stay. She needs to stay uh, as a representative. Um, I'm hopeful that more that more states will be turning blue. Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful. I can't wait to see uh, Cheetos <laughs> and families perp walk. <laughs> I want that issued live and in living color. Yes. And I also and I and I also hope that Congress gives the FCC their oh, teeth yes. and backbone back because when I was a lobbyist, all of this stuff would have never happened hmm. because you would have to prove what you're saying. Mm-hmm. All of these lies and the continuate like like phone news mm-hmm. would have never happened right. had they had the FCC uh, still had its teeth. Yeah. Wow. So that's what I'm hoping for. Well, that those are good. Yeah. A good, a good chocolate sundae. That's not that. That's not too fattening. <laughs> You're not too fattening. <laughs> Hallelujah. Exactly. Um, oh my God. That's so funny. Well, I just thoroughly enjoyed talking to you and you know, it's awesome because as I do this podcast, I've been doing it now since 2016, but I believe it was in 2019 when I started doing two shows per week. And sometimes I just get so burnt out, you know, with the idea of politics. And so even though we did talk about it a little, the other stuff we talked about was just so much fun. So I just, like I said, you're coming back. And of course, if you have a podcast, just let me know when and I'm on it. And so um, (laughs) it's been so much fun talking to you. But of course, before I let you go, tell everybody where they can find you. Well, everybody, you can find you can find me on spot on Spoutable and uh, Twitter at the number two T A L L the number four the letter U the number two too tall for you two that's right what <laughs> and uh, and actually yeah my license plate is like that so I I get pulled over by the I get pulled over by the cops all the time saying how tall are you and I forgot. <laughs> I got customized tag. Okay, here you go. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I'm also, I'm author Kimberly on Twitter, L-E-Y. Don't forget that L-E-Y. And then I'm also just Kimberly Johnson on Spoutable too. So, and all my books are on Amazon. Vi, it was just so much fun talking to you. Thank you so much. 
Thank you. All right, you take care. I'll talk to you next time.